One advice my doctor gave me as I was going through the peak of my anxiety was to exercise. I then faced a dilemma. How can I exercise when I did not even have enough strength to accomplish everything I needed to accomplish routinely? Being in a constant state of anxiety drained me of all my energy. So I started slow and took baby steps. I couldn't walk a mile, so I walked a few hundred yards. Then I gave myself grace. I prayed and brought to memory scripture verses that helped me to find strength. Friend, do you find yourself going through a similar situation? It might not necessarily be the lack of strength to exercise. It could be the lack of control to stay away from something that is not good for you. Whatever it is, let me reassure you, there is always hope in the Lord. Call on Him. 2 Corinthians 12 talks about Paul pleading with the Lord to take away the thorn in his flesh, the weakness that he had. But the Lord said to him, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. God is our source of strength. When we are weak, He will enable us to do what we need to do. When our dependence is on Him, His glory rises. In this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures, my guest, Christy Mae Campbell, and I talk about the roles exercise and nutrition plays in relieving us of anxiety and stress. Christy is the founder of FitMe. She is an NCI certified nutrition coach, CrossFit level two trainer, and an ISSA certified personal trainer and a USAW advanced sports performance coach. Stay tuned for practical tips from Christy on exercise and nutrition. Welcome to Digging Deep for Treasures podcast. This is your host, Cecile Valoria, a Christian author and a retired teacher. This podcast is to encourage women to grow in their faith and harness the power of the Holy Spirit as we unearth scriptural truths so that we can live a peace-filled life in this fear-prone world. Now sit back, relax, and let's dig deep for treasures from His Word. Hi, Christy. Hi, how are you? I'm good, thank you. Thank you so much for being my guest on my podcast today. Another thing that I'd like to thank you uh, for is for serving our country as a Navy vet. And thank Thank you you. to your husband as well for still continuing to serve our country. So with that being said, first of all, why don't you go ahead and start by sharing what you want us to know about you? Well, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. My name is Christy Campbell. Um, As you mentioned, I was in the Navy for seven years, and my husband is a uh, still active duty Navy, and we've got three kids. So I've got a two-year-old daughter and then an 11 and a 13-year-old son, sons, and then I've got three crazy dogs, which is too many dogs. I love my dogs, but that's too many dogs. 
we live in Washington state. And so this is where we're stationed, but this is kind of home now. So we've kind of chosen this place to stay put. And I originally grew up in the Eastern shore of Maryland. Um, so Salisbury, Maryland, which is right below Delaware. That's where I'm from. And I'm here, I guess, because I'm a coach, I'm a nutrition and fitness coach, but I found that, um, profession, I guess, kind of in a roundabout way, because as you said, I was in the Navy. So I was a pretty active kid growing up. Um, I played a lot of sports, but I grew up with a single mom who was making ends meet and worked a lot of jobs. And so she wasn't home a lot. And we did a lot of the processed food, the kind of like quick, fast food, convenient stuff. So I kind of grew up with a processed food diet. Um, so I'm an eighties baby. I grew up in the 80s and 90s. And I just grew up eating kind of junk food. I thought that was food. And then I thought healthy food, quote, healthy food was like diet food, like spray butter and diet Coke and uh -huh. microwave diet meals. And that's what I thought diet food or healthy food was. And then just regular food was kind of like my processed junk that I always ate in my fast food. Um, and although I didn't eat very well, I was so active that I didn't really struggle with my weight. I didn't have any issues with that because I was in sports. And when I went into the Naval Academy, I ended up having a knee surgery that I won't say that the Navy botched it, but it didn't go well. And that one knee surgery turned into 10 knee surgeries. Oh my and gosh. So my, my knee went from being very active and I was physically like in, even in high level sports yeah. to it just being, I don't know, not good anymore. Yeah. So if you fast forward my time through the Academy and then getting married and having my two boys, my first two kids, I found myself 40 pounds overweight, um, with a knee that didn't work anymore. I couldn't do any of the sports that I loved growing up. And I had zero idea how to fix it. And mm. so I just did all the things that you do that you see other people do when you want to lose weight. I mean, I probably did Weight Watchers six times. Okay. I bought Brazilian butt lift, you know, from yeah. the infomercial. I, I bought a Wii Fit and I started doing like shake challenges. If somebody would uh -huh. promote something, I would be like, yes, sign me up. And I would lose the same five pounds and gain it back over and over again. Uh -huh. I just found myself stuck and I was, I had gotten out of the Navy by this point, but I was a, and I was a marketing director for a nonprofit, but, I, and I was happy as a mom and I was uh -huh. happy as a professional, but I wasn't happy in my skin anymore. I yeah. just didn't feel like me and yeah. all my clothes. I, I would wear kind of cover myself up rather uh -huh. than feel good. It was like, well, this looks good, but it, I didn't feel good in it. It would just be acceptable. Yeah. Like this looks uh -huh. nice. Um, yeah. but I started to kind of accept, well, this must be what mom life is. This is what happens to you. You just stop feeling good again, or you stop feeling good in, in your skin and you lose that confidence. And that's just what this is. Well, my husband, um, left on deployment and my uh -huh. boys were little two uh -huh. and four and I moved home to my, my mom's house, you know, back where okay. I grew up. And I, um, I kind of had this idea of, well, I'm going to get in shape. And I had said that a bunch of times before. I mean, like I told you, I tried all these different things, Yes. but I joined a gym and decided I'm going to lose this weight while he's gone on deployment. 
And I probably, to be honest, would have quit because I wasn't any different headspace than I had been before. I was just going to mm-hmm. try to find the quick fix. Like what's going to fix this the fastest yeah. I'm in. How was your knee at know. this point? It was pretty bad. I mean, for me to work out, I always had to wear a brace uh-huh. and I, I was always worried about it. Would this thing okay. be okay for my knee? It was kind of this constant thing because the, it couldn't be fixed really. So when I was at this gym, I met this coach and he, uh-huh. he was just an excellent coach. I mean, he, he kind of saw in me what I didn't think was there anymore. I remember him saying once to me, I see an athlete in there. And I was like, uh-huh. man, I just needed to hear that. I needed somebody yeah. to yeah. see potential in me and believe in me. And he gave me really basic guidelines around nutrition and just kind of helped me make reasonable choices. Nobody had ever told me that before, like the simple things that I needed to change about my nutrition. And then he encouraged me to work out hard. He didn't baby me because of my knee. Um, he challenged me Uh and he was just this, this, a coach, he was incredible turning point in my life. And because of him in that year and and ensure I, I did lose the 40 pounds. I did, um, kind of change my body or transform, but really what I did is I found myself again. I sort of reclaimed that piece of me that felt like me. And so because he changed my life, that's when I decided to become a coach. And so I, I sort of left behind what I had, you know, what my degrees are in and where I had been otherwise professionally working and just decided I'm going to, I'm going to help other people the way he helped me. And so I think that was eight years ago. And so since Uh then I've been a personal trainer, I've led, I had my own class in the park for a long time. It was like a boot camp class and I've uh-huh. coached CrossFit and weightlifting and sent in the past few years, I've really focused on nutrition and healthy habits. And, and I founded a company called fit me and we uh-huh. do online coaching, but it's primarily focused on teaching you those fundamental changes, the non-diet mm-hmm. things, yes. the not gimmicks, but like the real changes that you need to make. So you can feel like yourself again, you can start yeah. taking care of yourself differently and then yes, your body will change. Um, but more so you, you find that piece of you that was missing and then you, you can build on it and it's not just going to be some unsustainable program or diet that you're going to quit in a couple of weeks. And it's so neat because you can see the power of belief. Mm-hmm. When someone believes in you, that's when you found yourself again. Yes. And that is so exciting to see. Mm-hmm. Continue it makes you keep that. showing up. It yeah. it helps you to, when you feel kind of lost or alone, to have someone reach into that space and connect with you. It's probably one of our most powerful gifts as people. Yes. Yes. So um, I know that you have kind of heard of my story that mm-hmm. I went through anxiety for so many years. And one of the things that really helped me was figuring out what I was putting into myself, eating, what I was thinking. And also um, my doctor really encouraged me to exercise. And that was the, the hardest part for me to do because when you are going through anxiety, your juices, your strength just leaves mm-hmm. and you are left really without that stamina to do exercise. So what I'd like to ask you to share with us is 
how does food and exercising help out with controlling fears and anxieties and also help you to be in a better place than where you are if you are going through and dealing with anxiety? Mm -hmm. That's such a great question. And it sounds like the what you described in your story is is a really good model for what people should do. I think when you're struggling with fears and anxiety, it is important to have a a mental health professional helping you, right? Because this would be like in supplement to that. This wouldn't replace that. I feel like that part has to be said because that's a given, really important piece. But like your your doctor told you, if you add this in. It can Uh be really helpful. Yes. So one of the things that I've observed, and this is as a coach, is that when we struggle with getting in our own head, whether that is fears or anxieties, and we sort of get in that loop where we struggle to get out of the loop, we're worried, we see play, we play out scenarios, we we get back to the worry, Uh we kind of spin ourselves up, and then that feeling is hard to shake we have a couple of tools that our body automatically can use to reset. So one of those is actually sleep. I think mm-hmm. probably most of us have experienced that, or you could, you can go to sleep and you feel better after we wake up. You're like, I went to bed so stressed and I, now I'm awake and I feel better. Yes. Um, so our body has the ability to help our mind calm down and reset. So sleep is one of those tools, um, but exercise and movement is another mm-hmm. tool. When we work up a sweat, mm-hmm. our body starts to turn off our brain a little bit mm-hmm. and focus on pumping blood and yes. breathing. And mm-hmm. those physiological things help mm-hmm. our brain sometimes take yeah. a break for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when we finish exercising, our body actually releases endorphins. So we get a boost. So not only are you, you giving your brain a little bit of a break, but then you get the boost at the end of it. And that can be really helpful. But even something as simple as walking, which doesn't necessarily have to make you have a sweat or make your heart rate super high, Uh the back and forth of walking can be very calming and therapeutic because our body and our mind can just do that. It's like if you have an automatic task that you can kind of enjoy doing like knitting, or even if you enjoy doing certain house chores like dishes or folding Uh laundry, where you, Uh you can just get into the rhythm of it. That can be very helpful. And so physical activity has a couple of bonuses, even walking because you're getting outside. So you're going to get fresh air. Uh You're going to do one of those simple repetitive tasks that can just allow you to kind of get in that rhythm and zone. Um, and Uh your brain can start to work itself out a little bit. And then also sunshine. So vitamin D, even when the clouds are out, you're still getting some of the positive effects of sunlight and light can be really helpful. And so all of those reasons I think are, are really, really helpful when you're struggling with anxiety or feeling down or Mm -hmm. fears or just kind of not feeling yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So do you know of any foods also that kind of help? I know you're big on coffee, right? That's what I read. <laughs> I drink a lot of coffee. I'm drinking coffee as you said that. 
Okay, so because I know that foods that people who are struggling with anxiety and need to also avoid, but there are also food that are helpful. And I know that coffee was one of the things that I had to kind of let go, especially with caffeinated one. I, I mm -hmm. could still take the caffeinated ones because it, it also is helpful, especially according to what I've read, especially if you have a fatty liver or something like that. Mm -hmm. So there are still benefits from decaf. That's the reason why I take that. But I know that if I did drink the regular coffee with its caffeine and everything, then that would really increase my heart rate where mm -hmm. the whole cycle would start. So mm -hmm. talk to us about nutrition. Well, caffeine is a stimulant. <laughs> So yes. if, if you use it in the right amount and you're in a good place, well, that can be a positive, right? If mm -hmm. it's just a little bit, you, you have a little bit of stimulant, but for people who drink coffee all day, every day, that's when you start to hear about the, just a person who's not struggling with anxiety or fears or anything, but just a regular person who overdoes it on coffee mm -hmm. is going to have some negative consequences from that. Because what it does is it tends to to mess with our body's stress system. Mm -hmm. So if we find ourselves in a season where our mind feels extra stressed anyway, yeah. then adding caffeine is not going to help. One, it'll impact your sleep. Like we were just talking about sleep's like yeah. a helpful thing and caffeine yeah. can impact your sleep. Um, but that stimulant can also be not great. Uh, so I think you were right on point that Caffeine has to be something that you pay attention to um, on the nutrition category because you can overdo it. I also think some of the other problematic foods in the nutrition category can be sugar because similar to caffeine, we can use it and sort of abuse it and we can yeah. use it as sort of a mood lifter. And so sugar can become quite addictive for our brain. We can get hooked on having sugar to have that little lift. And that's just from the mind part. I mean, we all know that if we overconsume sugar, it's not healthy for our bodies and it can have us gain weight and it can hurt our liver and all of those things. So I think sugar is another one to be cautious of. And what I tell people is that restriction doesn't tend to work. I yeah. think boundaries are much more helpful. Mm -hmm. So restriction is me telling you, you can't have it. Yeah. A boundary is you deciding I'm choosing that in my house, I'm not going to mm -hmm. stock it with Thin Mints and Starburst and candy. So mm -hmm. there's a big difference there because if right. you're choosing the boundary, then you can also choose occasions in which you want to step outside of that. So you're like, I'm going mm -hmm. out with the family. We're going to have ice cream and you don't have to worry about it or feel bad, but maybe your boundary is, well, I'm not buying that and put in my house because yeah. I'll go there every day and I don't want to do that. So I think, you know, from a nutrition perspective, potentially limiting caffeine, potentially like having good boundaries around sugar and mm -hmm. not having to be it every day, all day. Quality, nutritious food, it impacts how we feel. So when we eat something that feels heavy, like for example, if you went out and you ate a whole pizza, you wouldn't feel mm -hmm. very good. <laughs> it yeah. would taste good yeah. for a while. Exactly. You wouldn't feel good at the end of that. Or if yeah. you bought a Stouffer's mac and cheese and you ate the whole thing, 
you're not going to feel good. You're going to feel tired. You're going to feel lethargic and blah, and you might feel sick. So the exact opposite tends to happen too. If we eat, um, we call them in fit me, we call them fit me plates, sort of a balanced, Mm -hmm. nutritious plate. Then it tends to give us energy. Our digestive Mm -hmm. system doesn't feel bad. And we feel good about the choices we're making too. Ultimately that's tied to it. Knowing that we're choosing things that are healthy for our bodies can reinforce like a positive loop. So there's no like hack. I wouldn't, there's no, like if you drink blueberries and lemon and cucumber combined, it's going to help. It's more of just an awareness around how does food make you feel? Pay attention to it. If you notice that certain foods make you feel bleh, then you can decide like that food's not really working for me. I'm not going to have it on the regular and, and start to make those decisions based on how you want to feel. Yeah. Yeah. So when you talk about that, do you do any meal planning for your family? I should do meal planning for my family, but (laughs) I've gotten into a, a fairly good groove. I think my meal planning is basically my reoccurring grocery list. Mm-hmm. So I have, and I, I, we encourage people in fit me to start to build, you know, seven to 10 kind of repeat things that you okay. know how to cook. You like your family likes that everybody, you know, it's in that like quality, healthy food category, but you can mix it up a little bit. Like for example, yeah. If your family likes tacos one week, you can do tacos, same ingredients next weekend. It could be burrito bowls. The next weekend it could be something else and you just mix it up, but you're not reinventing the wheel. Yeah. And so in the beginning meal planning can be helpful. Cause if you're like, I have no idea we eat out yeah. every night. Well, then you might yeah. start with picking one or two meals that you think might work for you guys uh-huh. and go ahead and plan it out. We're going to do that on Monday night because I have time to cook it. We'll have leftovers on Tuesday. I'll make another meal on Wednesday because I have time to cook. We'll do leftovers on Thursday. And then you say like, I'm going to put that on my grocery list. And that can be your meal plan. Sometimes people think meal plans need to be everything under the sun, but just a really simple, this is what I'm going to cook for dinner. Um, can, can really, and then you build on it. So that's how that's kind of where for my family is I've been working on this for, you know, eight years. So at this point I have, but I didn't, when I first started, I was starting at the beginning. Now I kind Uh of have like a go-to, I don't have to plan out the week. I can just go to my grocery list and just order it and then we'll figure it out. Do you have picky eaters or are your kids pretty much good with what you give them? So when I became a coach, my boys were five and three. And so they were old enough to protest the changes oh. <laughs> <laughs> because remember before I had been very accustomed to fast food. Yes. So it was very normal for me to like hit the Dunkin' Donuts drive-in, you know, I would get like a big giant sugar coffee and mm-hmm. a donut. Maybe I would get a sandwich if I thought I was going to like diet, you know, yeah. um, I would get the kids donuts. We went to Chick-fil-A all the time. We went, that was just our normal And it's not that I never cooked, but I would do my best. I hadn't grown up cooking either. So it was, it was hard at first. So even 
when I first made the shift, one of the first shifts I made was just around boundaries. So I didn't know how to cook all, I didn't know how to start eating healthy, but I did know that fast food wasn't it. So one of the first boundaries I did was that we're not doing fast food. My kids did push back. It was, can we go to the drive-thru? Can we go to the drive-thru? But eventually they stopped asking. Uh And what it did for me is it forced me, if the answer was no, well, then we're going home to eat. Well, what are we going to eat? And solving that problem is, was the magic. It wasn't just like deciding to eat healthy. It was solving the problem of now what? Yes. And I love what you said about having your own boundaries Mm -hmm. because when you do, and it's coming from you, you take responsibility for it and you no longer become resentful mm-hmm. when wow. you have to make the choices. Like if you push this on me and I am being forced to eat healthy or whatever, then I would have that kind of resentment developing in myself that I am not getting what I want, but when you take the responsibility and, and put the boundaries yourself, then the resentment no longer is there. Mm -hmm. So I love that. And inside of the boundaries that you choose, then you really get to do the, the work that makes it sustainable. So if you decide this isn't good for me. I don't want to drink Coke every day. So for example, maybe soda is the thing. So you decide, I don't want to drink soda every day. So my boundary is I'm not having a soda at home anymore. Like if we go out and do something special, I can have one. But other than that, not having it. Well, then you're home. What are you going to drink? But that's where the real work comes in. That's where it's like, okay, used to like soda, but now what am I going to have? I'm going to, I guess I'm going to have to buy a water bottle. Okay. Got myself a water bottle. Can I drink plain water? Not sure. Like, let me make some flavor in it. See if that helps. Okay. Do I like sparkling water? I do. So you get to kind of figure out what works for you, but it starts with the decision of this isn't what I want for myself. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. I love that. So if people want to connect with you, Christy, how do we do that? Well, there's two ways. Um, so I'd love to encourage people to subscribe to my my podcast. So I do a daily short form, like five to 10 minute long podcast. It's called Fit Me Coffee Talk. And every morning I drink my cup of coffee and I sort of share some kind of stuff what we're talking about right now, just a little bite of something and then give you an approach or a strategy you can use in your day. And so I would encourage people to check me out there. That's a great way to connect on fit me coffee talk. Um, and then the other places on my Instagram. So go to Christy May Campbell on Instagram. I try to put out daily, um, helpful tips, advice, like honest talk. And, um, I'll say hello to you. If you follow me, I'll message you and tell you hi. Um, and so then we can connect on there. So I would, I would say, reach out to me on those two places. Very good. In fact, I think I have already been following you on your Instagram. And I think I have also followed you on your um, podcast. Oh, good. Good. Yeah. So, um, and I like that, you know, you have the tidbits. Mm -hmm. 
so it doesn't really become very overwhelming, right? For someone, especially who's trying to redo and change um, habits that sometimes, you know, are harder to change. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So please do follow Christy. Thank Um, you. Yeah. So are there... Or is there anything that you want to go ahead and leave um, to encourage or to inspire our listeners more than you have already inspired and encouraged us? I think sometimes we beat ourselves up for not having this one particular thing um, in order. Like nutrition and exercise and moving our body it's one of those things where I know so many women who feel successful in different areas of their life. And then this one thing, it's just, just harder. And so I think if I wanted to leave you with something and your listeners with something, it's that there's nothing wrong with you. If this is hard, we tend to neglect ourselves and prioritize everything else. And the strategies that you use in other parts of your life that help you be successful, those are the same strategies that you can use to improve your nutrition, to take better care of yourself, to move your body. You, you do this in other places. Um, so you can do it here too. So for example, it's like if you never exercise, mm-hmm. but you never put it in your calendar, that's why you don't exercise. If you... If, if you, if your kids need to go to the pediatrician or your dog needs to go to the vet, or, you know, you have an appointment with the, the bank, you put it in your calendar, yes. you, you make sure you go, um, yes. you don't not do it. Why? Because those things are important. So once you decide, okay, well, taking care of my body is also important. Then it becomes, well, it needs to go on your calendar. And so my encouragement is there's nothing wrong with you. This is, this is hard. I know so many women who struggle with the nutrition and exercise piece, and you don't need to do a million unsustainable changes. You just need to pick one step and do that. And then another step and do that if one step at a time, it'll start to become more doable and you'll be able to make those changes stick. If you do everything under the sun and if somebody else gives it to you, whether it's a meal plan or somebody else's list of rules of things that you can't have, like you said, you'll eventually resent it. You'll get sick of it and then you won't do it anymore. Um, And that's not serving you. It's not helping you. And so start to think of what are the boundaries that I should put in my routines based off of what I want. And then once you decide on those, like we talked about, you can work inside of it and you'll start to create solutions and you'll be proud of yourself because you created those solutions. Um, and that'll build that momentum. And so my encouragement would be just one step at a time, you know, set your boundaries and reach out for help. Message me. I would be happy to help and point you in the right direction. Very good. So what can you say about goals and goal setting? Well, I think for goal setting, to me, very much needs to be an action-oriented process. And what I mean by that is you can set a goal that you want to lose 20 pounds. Mm -hmm. But to me, that goal can be pretty frustrating because one, 
it may or may not happen on the timeline that you think, but that's the outcome. That's yeah. an outcome goal. Mm-hmm. What if you if you set a process goal or an action goal, mm-hmm. that is far more fulfilling and tends to work better to get you to the outcome that you want. So the example would be instead of saying that you are going to, your goal is to lose 20 pounds by June 1st. Instead, what if you set a goal of you're going to walk 30 minutes every day until June 1st? Yeah. Well, that's an action goal. That's a, that's still a hard goal. Um, but it's a different pro you're focused on the process. Yes. Um, and you can do that to create the outcomes you want, but it's mm-hmm. far more motivating, especially if you give yourself a little bit of room to not have it yeah. be perfect. I wouldn't set like a, I must do this every day, but maybe if you said, I want to do this five out of seven days in the week, I'm mm-hmm. going to walk 30 minutes, five, five days a week. I'm going to figure out how to do it. Yeah. Let that be your goal. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. Because even with goal setting, you want to make sure that it's measurable, right? Mm-hmm. So when yes. you talk about, I'm going to do 30 steps or whatever, you can see. That's why you're talking about actionable things. Because it's mm-hmm. easy for you to see rather than if you set the goal of June 10, I'm going to be 20 pounds. Yeah, but that's also there's also that length of time. And it's not mm-hmm. immediate. So, yeah, Mm -hmm. Christy, I really appreciate your being here with me today. Um, You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I can't uh, thank you enough for taking your time to um, help out our listeners and myself. Uh, I will really think about the boundaries Mm -hmm. that you said, and um, I really appreciate you. Thank you you so much. This was really special. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining me today on this episode of Digging Deep for Treasures. If you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss any future ones. Of course, it would be amazing if you leave a rating and review. This will help more women find the podcast and grow in their faith and peace. If you're not sure how to leave a rating and review, click on the podcast app you're listening to and look for the ratings and review option. I'd also like to invite you to join my private Facebook group so we can get to know each other more. It's a great community where we can engage, learn, and grow together. Just hop on to at Digging Deep for Treasures, then enter your name and email and you'll receive an invite for the group. You can also connect with me on my website, cecilevaloria.com, or on Instagram at, at Valoria Cecile. Thank you once again, and may you have a blessed week. See you next week.